Well, it's good to see everybody, and I'm so glad to see you guys here. If you are a first-time visitor um, or, or guest, we have something called a connection card. It should have been in your seat when you sat down. If not, there's some right outside of that curtain. Um, please uh, fill out as much information about yourself as you would like. Um, if you have any prayer requests, uh, a family member here at Central Point Church or a visitor or guest, you have a prayer request, want to get more involved, plugged in, uh, more information about salvation, please Fill that card out, drop it off in the uh, offering bucket as it goes by, or in the back as well. Um, we're so glad to see each and every one of you here. Um, we're just tremendously blessed to have you with us. Yeah. You know, God is really good sometimes, and sometimes um, he's just amazing. Ah. <laughs> We're doing a series entitled, um, I Need a Word. And so each week, um, or it, through this series, we kind of deal with a word, and then we kind of unpack that word and kind of deal with different aspects of that word. And so um, as we're moving through this series for the next couple of months, we'll get a word, and then we'll kind of unpack that word for the next couple of weeks, then we'll move on to the next word, so on and so forth. And so the word we've been dealing with when we started with this series is entitled, um, I Need a Word, and we're talking about giving. Um, last week, we talked about giving of your time. And this week, we're talking about giving of your treasure, um, the valuable things to you, finances, cash, um, treasures, things that you value. And so we're going to ask that you would uh, turn your Bibles uh, to the book of Malachi, which is all the way in the back of the uh, Old Testament, uh, the book of Malachi. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, don't worry about it. We'll have the scriptures on the screen. But as we're getting to uh, Malachi, uh, the third chapter, I'm going to ask that you guys would uh, pray with us and open up your hearts and ears for God. Dear God, it's by your grace, it's by your mercy, it's how much you love us and how much you care for us that you bring us back to you. That you bring us to a, a place where we can uh, talk to you and share with you and hear from you. And so would you take these next few moments and open up our hearts and our eyes and our ears to receive your word and your truth. Uh, block out the distractions and draw us to the very presence of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, honoring God's Word, I'm going to ask that you guys would please stand with us as we read through the book of Malachi, the third chapter. We'll be reading verses uh, 6 through 9. I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why your descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did, they ever, when did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for you, the whole, your whole nation has been cheating me. All right, you guys may be seated. Um, what a really great way to start off uh, our church message with such a powerful uh, uh, charge hell kind of message. Um, here's what, what's going on. God is asking the people of Israel, he's asking nations, he's asking people, he says, why are you guys not committed to me? He says, why are you not uh, madly in love with me? He says, why are you cheating me? He says, why are you not giving me um, the things that you ought to give me. How have you guys left me so far behind? And they're saying to themselves, people are saying, how have we left you? What are you talking about? We're right here. We've always been here. And he says, your body's been here, but I'm concerned about your heart. Where is your heart right now? 
starts to ask this question about the heart of people. He starts to ask us and question us about our heart and our intent and our purpose. He asks us, he says, listen, I'm trying to figure out, I get that you're here, I see you, um, you're with me, but you're not with me. Have you ever been in a conversation where you're talking to somebody and you're just, you're running off and you're giving your thoughts and your feelings and then you ask them a question and they don't respond and you're like, yo, hey, what do you think about this? And they say, huh? Yeah, uh, oh, you get, okay. And you're kind of sitting there thinking to yourself, I know that you're with me, but are you really with me? Are you processing? Are you clicking with me? Are we rolling together? And so what God asks, he says, listen, he says, I get that you are physically with me. I get that you may claim that, that, that I'm your God. I may get that you say that you are, are, are part of me, but I don't feel the connection. And the connection is because your heart is not with me. He says, your heart's not with me. He says, I can tell that your heart's not with me. He says, you're separated from me. You're far off. And he says, well, what do you mean I'm far off? He says, you're, you're cheating me. You're, short, you're short-timing me. You're not giving me everything I want. It's kind of, again, when you're with that person and you're talking to him and you guys are out at dinner and someone's on the phone and the other person is talking and you guys are holding a conversation there. And you're like, this is our time and you're cheating me of our time. This is our date night. This is our time to be together. This is our one-on-one moment. And when we should be one-on-one, you're over here. You're not, you're here, but you're not here. And the time that we have, you're robbing me of that time. And God is saying, I get that you are physically present. I get that you're sitting here. I get that you're talking, but you are robbing me of the thing that's important. They say, what are we robbing you of? And he says, you're robbing me of the tithe and offering. And it's amazing to think that God is concerned about our money and where our money's going. But God understands that where our money is, is where our heart is. And if we can look through your, if you're old school, your checkbook, if you're new school, if we go in line and check out your bank account, where we see your money going is a good indication of where your heart is. If we see what the obligations are to give out and to pay and to do, then we have a good idea of, of what your focus and what your worry is about financially and where your money's going. He says, I can tell that you're with me, but you're not really with me. I can tell that you're giving but you're not really giving me what I'm looking for. He says, where I can tell the most connection of who you are and what you are is based upon what you give, and what you give is a reflection of your heart. And he says, what I want you to give me is your treasure because money is the most important things to people. How do I know? Because the statistics don't lie. The two greatest issues that cause divorce, number two, infidelity, number one, finances. These are the two biggest things that cause divorce and separation between people that are brought together is infidelity, cheating, number one, finances. And God says that I feel that you're not with me. There's not a faithful connection. I can tell that there's some separation between you and I because your heart isn't about me. And I can tell where your heart is 
Because your heart is where your treasures are. I want to share with you five points from Malachi to deal with this concept of giving of our treasures. Point number one, Malachi 3.10, God wants us to bring our treasures. Watch this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. God says, I want you to bring your treasures to my temple, to my place of worship. I want to be able to take these treasures that you bring, and I want to be able to start to do great things with them. I want to fill up my houses, my rooms, with there's food that we can give. There's food that feeds the people that do God's work. There's food and things that take place that allow the church or the temple to grow. There's these resources that come in that allow us to take these resources and give it back out to our people and to the community to change the lives of people. He says the money that you bring in, your treasures that you bring in, when they come in here, they are properly given back out to the environment, to the church, to the people, to the country, to change the lives, to bring people to a knowledge of God. When your resources come in, we are able to then give it back out that we can help people who are losing homes, people that have lost family, people that have lost loved ones, that we can give some kind of resource to say that God loves you. We're encouraged to share with you. We want to encourage you. Your giving allows us the church, the body of Christ, to give back out. I hate preaching about money because everybody thinks that I'm trying to pad my salary. I don't get extra church bonuses. doesn't happen that way. The more you bring in, the more I get. It doesn't work that way. There's a mentor who brought me along 20-some years ago in ministry. And I was with him when he started his first church over 16 years ago. And one of the first things the church did was they said, we can't give you a lot of salary, but we're going to give you a credit card. And there's a limit on that credit card. Spend whatever you like on that credit card. He's had that credit card for 16 years. Last May, he went on a trip with his wife, and he decided to buy some golf clubs and get a massage while he was on the trip. People in the church who didn't like him when they had their church business meeting said the pastor is stealing money, and he's taking money, and he's going on trips with this money. He's buying golf clubs, and so he's misusing the funds. It wasn't the case. His, his family and him had planned a trip, and they went on their trip. He used a credit card that he used for 16 years for Starbucks, socks, Oil change. He bought himself some golf clubs and got a massage for him and his family, him and his wife. And the church came down on him and beat him up. And he came back and he said, listen, I, here's the money for the golf clubs. Here's the money for, for our massages. I'm sorry. I take the card back. I didn't. He's had it for 16 years. And because those people in the church were angry with him, they used that situation and manipulated the situation. And he's been on administrative leave for the last six months. He hasn't been preaching, teaching, sharing anything at his church for the last six months. Next month, they will decide if they're going to vote him in or vote him out. I've told you all before, there's one person that doesn't have any access to the money in this church. Me. I don't have a card. I don't have an account. 
I don't have any signing check privileges because I'm scared of y'all. It's a hard thing to say. I'm scared that y'all are going to say I'm going to take the money. It's too many stories. And this one I just heard three weeks ago. It's too many stories where the pastor's taking money, he's signing off on. I don't have no check writing privileges. Nothing. So when I say bring the tithes to the house of the Lord, it doesn't have been, I don't get any extra bonuses. There's no pyramid scheme. If you bring in more money, I get an extra 20. It doesn't, it, nothing happens. The salary's set. This is not about padding my pockets. It's God saying, I'm challenging your heart, and I'm challenging your heart so much that I want you to give. I want you to give to the place where you worship. I want you to give where you can change the lives of community and people. I want you to be a place, a person where you can give that God would give it back in a certain kind of way. What does God want from you? He wants, he wants your treasure. And your heart is always tied to your treasure. I want control of your treasure. Point number two. It says that God brings us opportunities. When we bring God our treasures, point number two, God brings us opportunities. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. God says that when you start bringing in your treasures to the house of the Lord, when you start bringing in your finances, when you start bringing those valuable things to you and bringing them to God, he says that I'm going to open up the windows, multiple windows of heaven. I'm going to bless you with opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I'm going to put you in positions because you give that I'm going to set you up in situations where there are going to be so many great opportunities, you're going to not know what to do with them. Because your heart is tied to, I am willing to see God's kingdom advance. I'm willing to see life change. I'm willing to see positive things happen. He says, when that happens, I'm going to open up multiple opportunities for you to receive amazing things. You're going to turn around and say, man, I've got option after option after option after option. When Rosie got laid off last time, it's been a couple times, last time. There was a point where there was like four jobs, and we had to pick the best job. We had to sit there and figure out what's the best job to take. Some people are hoping for a job. We're picking the job. Some people are hoping for a good job. We're praying for which one of these good jobs is God's greatest job. We're sitting there saying, okay, we're waiting for security clearance to take place over here. Do we work this job for a month and then when this security comes over, we'll quit this job and then go here? We got options. How much money? And then we felt bad. Should we let them invest a month of training in her just so that we can leave in another month to the job that we really want? What do we do? We got options. God says, I want to put you in a position where you have options to receive blessing because you're just willing to give, 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 give. I want you to give in such a way that I'm going to come back to you with options upon options upon options and opportunities for you. Because your heart is sewn in. Your heart is connected. The church blessed us with, for Christmas, they gave us, gave us two cars. We got a family of a thousand is what it feels like. And, they, and you guys gave us uh, uh, two gift cards. We had options for where we wanted to go to dinner. 
This is a beautiful thing. Multiple options to what we want to do with our Christmas dinners, our, our Christmas gift dinners. I want to be in a position where I got so many opportunities and so many options, I just got to sit back and say, I don't even know. I want to I be in a place where I can give so much that God gives back in a way I just sit back and say, I don't even know what to do. This is great. In fact, I want to be in such a place where someone's giving so much that, that, that Rosie hates Starbucks. Somebody, ooh, I should say, somebody Rosie hates Starbucks, and they gave her a Starbucks card, and she's like, I got options for stuff. Here, you take the Starbucks cup. Hot chocolate for Brian, yes. I want to be at a place where I got so many options, I can pass one off to you. It's because God says, I recognize your heart is tied to being a giver, that you're giving cheerfully, that you're giving in a way that I'm going to open up so many options and opportunities for you to experience me that you may just want to sit back and pass a few off. Point number three is that God pours out uncontainable blessings. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. He says, not only am I going to open up opportunities for you in multiple ways, not only am I going to open up opportunities because you're giving in multiple ways, but I'm going to start not just opening those windows of opportunities, I'm going to start pouring stuff out of the windows. Did you guys catch that? I'm going to literally open up opportunity, and because I'm God, I'm going to start pouring stuff out of these multiple windows of opportunity. Opportunity, opportunity is going to be a blessing. That it's coming from left, right, up, down. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to take care of it, but it's God's blessings, and man, I'm overwhelmed. <sighs> I got this kid that's playing football, and, and, and right now, as Rosie and I talk about it, we're, we're making that decision of where he's going to go. Uh, for middle school. And these next three years are critical because they're going to set him up for the best high school he goes to to play football on. You guys with me? We got nine teams that are interested in this kid playing football for their team. Two of them are national teams, ranked number five in the nation for football. One of them is ranked in the top ten for football. Out of those nine teams, seven of them are really, really good options. Two of them, psh, that's all those opportunities I was talking about. Two of them, psh, we're down to seven. Out of those seven, two are nationally ranked. Out of those seven, five of them are feeder, school, feeder programs into some of the top high schools in this area. And two of those top high schools in the area are already interested in a fifth grader. A fifth grader. I'm at a place where I'm overwhelmed with talking to coaches. I don't want to smile anymore. I don't want to talk anymore. I don't want to come visit your schools anymore. I don't want to visit your pro. I'm overwhelmed. I'm tired. I want to be at a place where God starts pouring out so many blessings. I'm like, yo, stop. Time out. Have you gotten to a place where you're tired of blessings yet? Everybody's like, no. <laughs> I want to be able to. As, as we take this young man and we place him in this place and we take him to this camp and we take him to school, he's, he's pouring out all of his energy, all of, all of his time, and these benefits are starting to come in. These opportunities are coming. These blessings are starting to pour out. I want to be in a place where I just look at blessings and say, I am so tired of getting blessed. 
This is exhausting. This is how I know. Watch what God says in, in, in point number four. God says in Malachi 3.10, he says, he literally says to us in point number four, he says, God challenges our giving to beat his giving. Watch this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. God says, I want you to I, he says, I offer you a challenge. I want you to beat me in giving. He says, if you give, I'll give so much you'll get tired of. You'll, it'll be so much you don't know what to do with it. It'll overflow. It'll pour out. You'll be so tired of giving because my giving is greater that you'll see how wonderful. Put me to the test. When's the last time God's asked you to test him? When has God ever really said in Scripture, I want you to test me at something? Prove that I'm the God of the universe. You give me $30, you give me whatever your tithe is, whatever your offering is, and I promise you, you can't beat what I'm going to give back to you. That's like the strongest confirmation you could ever get. He says, put me to the, try me at your best. Try me. Man, you kind of PG County guy. Coming up in the mean streets of PG County, Rosie laughs. She's a PG County kind of girl. She knows. Her. Coming up in the mean streets of PG County, somebody said, "Try me." <sighs> I don't want to smoke. I don't want it. Try me. Whoa. I don't know if you ever had a parent that said, "I wish you would try me on this situation." You kind of do one of those. Oh, I don't know. I want to. Mm. God literally says, I want you to try beating me at giving. I want you to try me at saying whose heart can match whose heart and giving out the best there is. I need you. I want you. I dare you to try me. That's a challenge from the God of the universe, the God that gives life, the God that gives air, the God that gives the sun, the moon, the stars, the water, plants, animals to eat the plants, people to eat the animals, we don't eat plants, people to eat the animals, all that good beef and steak and all that good wonderful stuff. He says, try me, test me. You can't outgive my giving. But before you can meet the amazing amounts of giving I can give you, you got to give. He says, try me. And he says, if you try me, they're going to be in point number five, the fact that God reveals the benefits of giving. You would think the benefits of giving is that God would open up these windows and that he pour out these blessings, that he challenges us to give because he's promising you, I will be able to give you more than you could ever imagine that you'll be able to take in. But then he lays out these benefits for us. I'm going to share these benefits with you. Go ahead. You got the Moses voice today. Read on Moses. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from the insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. 
He says, because you give, he says, your crops will be in abundance. You're going to experience extra growth that you never could experience before. Growth in multiple places. I don't think just your finances. I believe that there'll be growth in all kinds of area. Growth in life, growth in health, growth in wisdom. There's just growth that's going to take place in abundant aspects of life. Growth and benefits of marriage. Growth and benefits of all kinds of wonderful things that will happen because you're in a posture and your heart is about giving. And I'd rather give than receive. And God says, because you want to give more than you'll receive, I'll give you more than you could ever thought you could ever receive. He says, I want to give you so much more. And the benefit to your giving is that I'm going to cause your stuff to grow. I'm going to cause you to have an abundance more than you could imagine or believe. Because not only will I cause your stuff to grow. Not only will you experience things in a different level, in a different way, he says, I'm willing to guard from the insects and from the diseases. I'm willing to guard your stuff from the insects and the diseases. If you remember when we first started reading this, he said at the very end of 9, he says that your whole nation is under a curse. That you're suffering in multiple areas. You're losing things. Your nation is cursed because you're not giving. And I would challenge you and I to look at some of the areas of our finances and start to say, am I experiencing some of this this insect and pest in life because I'm not giving? It's It's tough to receive. Am I losing out because I'm not giving? Am I spending on the stuff I'm losing versus if I had just put into what I should have put in from the beginning, would things start to grow? Am I trying to catch up, catch up, catch up, catch up, catch up because I'm never giving out? Hey, hello? Y'all with me? I'm so busy trying to catch up on the back end. And God says, if you would just start to give, you would have this growth that would take place. And not only growth, but I'd protect it better than you can protect it. You're moving money around from account to account. One credit card to pay off the other credit card. This is a lower interest of 29% versus 27. And we just we back and forth. And God says, we're just giving and we're giving and we're giving to the wrong people, the wrong things, the wrong situations. He says, actually, I've called you to be the steward of what I've given you. That first of all, it ain't your money. And it's never been your money. And you can't work hard enough to earn the money because I am the God that gives what? Life and breath. I give you the ability to do the job. Oh, my back hurts. It does. Can you still get to work? I can. You're welcome. So as long as you're moving and doing and capable, I give you the life, power, and strength and source to do the work. And then the money you get is not based upon what they send through them little digits and numbers through the internet to your account. God provides that money. And he gives us this money to steward it, to take care of it, to hold it, to nurture it, and then make wise decisions with what he's given us. And the first thing he says is, give me a little bit of what I've given you. You had a rest. Man, I'm preaching today. He says, I want your treasure, and I want some of what I've, I just want to see if you love me enough to give it back to me. Love my kids. They selfish. 
Wilson boys are here. I would challenge you guys <laughs> to give your kids $10 and tell them, give me a dollar back. No, it's mine. You can't give it and take it back. In theory, it's nine more dollars than you had. Eye switching. You guys with me? In theory, it's nine more dollars than you had. Seth bought his sister a beautiful birthday present. He paid for something. He gave her something. And I said, Zeph, I want you to give your sister this. And he said, good amount of money. I said, give your sister this. And I said, what I'm going to do is give you it back plus $10 more. And begrudgingly, bitterness in his voice and contempt, he said, okay. He went to his magic wallet place and he pulled out his money and he laid it out before me. And I took it and I got the thing for his sister. You guys with me? That's what happened. And so Zeph comes to me and he says, hey, I want to get this thing. I said, sure, let's go to the store. And he comes with his money to buy it. And I said, ah, that's your money. I got this. And I peel out some money and I pay for it. And he says, okay. You know, like, okay. Then he calls me and says, I want to get this thing off of Amazon. Um, can I give you money for it if you get it? How much is it? Here, here's my money. No, I got it. Third time, can we go to the store next weekend? Sure, I got you. Come on, we go to the store. I, I got it. And he finally he builds up the boldness to ask me, "Why you keep paying for my stuff? Because I owe you this amount of money, and I promised you I was going to give it back." Now, it may not have come back the way you expected it to, that money in your hand. But as long as you're connected to the Father, I'm going to take care of you on the wants and desires you have because you so freely gave that I'm going to give you not only what you gave, but a surplus of that which you gave. Because you were willing to bless somebody else in their time of want, I'm going to bless you in your time of wants. And now his question is, how, how, how much I got left? <laughs> how much I got left? And I've told him, don't worry about it. Because there may be a time when he once cost $29.99 and he's only got $17. But I know his limit was $17 because that was $10 added to what he gave. But maybe I'll be in a good position where I just say, what's another couple more dollars? Because when you have given freely from your heart, you can't beat the Father from giving more. My heart is touched to give you what? More. And the concept is 
the God of the universe, that says, I promise your crops to grow. I promise that I will protect and watch over so that disease and insect and, and infestation and, and these things won't rip you down and tear you apart. Not only that, but he says that your grapes will not fall from the vines before they are ripe. He says that everything is going to grow in its full time and season because you're willing to give. There's no immature nothing. There's no mishap. There's no, he says, I'm going to let it grow that you would experience the very best of what you've done because you've trusted me. Plans falling short, I'll take care of that because you've trusted me. He says, they'll be at such a place where you'll get such benefits from what you've grown that you'll be excited, that you'll have grape juice, you'll have wine, you'll have grapes. I don't know if you can make out of grapes. Anybody else know? Great. Jelly. Bam. That'll work. He says, you'll just have all this different stuff. You can jar it. You can box it. You can eat it. You can shrink it and have raisins. Everything. Because in his time, it was ripe, it was ready, it was good to enjoy. He says, not only that, but other people will have to start saying, man, you are blessed. He says, the other nations will be around and say, wow, look at you. You are living it up. What is it? I give my treasure is what it is. It's this impossible concept that the more I give, the more I get. I don't know how many people ask me in my life, how do you have time for all of that? You're the main one. How do you have time for all of that? Because I want to give, I want to give, I want to give that your life would be better. And somehow when I am dead tired, God brings in this supernatural strength to do stuff. And when I am dead tired and I have spent and I have spent and I have spent and I said, where is it going to come from? God says, here's something for you. Boom. Here's a check. Here's a something. I'm dead tired, and I'm saying, where are the people going to come from that we can do the work of God? And someone says, hey, now that I'm at your church, I used to do this, and I want to do that. <laughs> come on over here. Pastor Brian, I thought we had a meeting. Yeah, we're going to meet next week. I need to meet with them now. I love you. I know that sounds cruddy, but I got work to do. I'm energized again. Let's go. Let's talk. You, me, bam, 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 dinner, lunch. Let's go. All right, back to you. God, God just keeps supernaturally providing as we give. And you'll never experience the true power of God's unwavering mercy and grace and love and kindness until you're devoted to giving. Can I tell you the other reason why I hated preaching this message today? Just for like, you know, we did our financial business meeting thing a few, a few months, a few weeks ago, a few months ago. And then I checked. And I said, all right, what's the financial status? And our financial person says, hey, orphans increased the last couple of weeks. And I'm kind of like, ah, don't touch anything. You know how it is? You got to get nervous. Like, don't say anything that's going to disturb anything. Oh, no. If I preach a message, everyone will be like, he's all about money. And he'll stop giving. You know, one of those, uh, I'll jinx it, you know. And it's. It's so beyond giving to Center Point Church Ken Island. It's about where you are as an individual to give from your heart. About changing and touching the lives of people. Not just your treasures financially into God's kingdom, but your treasures as an individual. Do you have treasures that you can give to get connected to this church to change the lives of people? 
Do you have treasures where you can watch kids for an hour so that people can come in and be ministered and hear the word? Do you have time to, to give so you can come in here and set some chairs up so people can be who are weary and tired can sit and rest? Can you give some of your treasure, some of your time, some of your most valuable stuff in a way that it changes and impacts the lives of people for God's kingdom? God says to us that I put you as a steward over your finances. Can you reevaluate it? Can you check it out? Can you move some stuff around? Can I be the top item, the top budget on the line of what's going out? <sighs> Ain't much more I can say. I want you to start to reevaluate how we do things with the finances and the resources that we get and where we put it. And if you're starting to experience that we're losing more than we're giving, then we have to ask ourselves, where and what are we giving to? What is our agenda? Agenda? Where is our motive? What is our desire? Where are we putting this resource? I'm so, I'm so tempted to do something very stupid, and so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm super tempted not to do it. Like the best, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. If this, this is what I would do. You guys listening? This is what I would do. I would challenge you this week not to give at church this Sunday. All my leaders look at each other and say, What? I'm so concerned if you giving your money, I'd rather you give it somewhere else this Sunday than here so you don't think we're about your money. You get that? It's the stupidest thing you could say. But I'm so like, I don't want your money, so you think we want your money, that I'd rather you keep your money on Sunday so that you understand how much we don't want your money, but I'd rather you get the message of how to give. I don't sign off with no checks here. So I don't have the pastoral privilege to do such a thing. But man, I feel like telling you all that. I'm so not about putting money in our church that I tell you, keep your money or go give it, to another, give it to another, go down the street and give it to somewhere else. Because I'm not concerned about you giving money to Center Point Church. I'm concerned about you giving money so that lives would change. And if you think we're, we're, we're pimping you for your money, keep your stupid dollar bills. Because I want you to be in a posture where you can give that lives are changed. Marty ain't here that does the budget. So if our financial line looks jacked up this weekend, whoops, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> but that's where I'm at. Like, I don't want you to think we're trying to take your money. I want you to understand that your giving is going to be reflective of what you get. And the more you give, the more you can sit back and say, I got so many blessings, take one. I got so take this. I want you to be in a posture where you're so connected to God that you are willing to say, you know what? God has blessed me so much. Why don't you go ahead and take this? If you don't get anything else from this message today, here's your takeaway. Plug your hearts to being active givers of your treasure. Plug your hearts into being active givers of your treasures. Take this heart 
plug it into God, and I want to start giving, I want to start experiencing, changing the lives of people. If this is your church, plug in and give it to this church that we can change the lives. If you're scared that we're going to do something funny with your money, we got all kinds of financial budgets. You can just ask for it, and we'll send you an email. You can see where all the money goes if that's what you need. And if that still ain't good enough, then give it to somebody else. Give it to another church. It'll change the lives. I want it here so we can do great things, but if you just give it so that lives can be changed. It's not about us. Ultimately, it's about the kingdom. Just give it. And watch God give back to you so that you can have more to give. And when you get more in your crops, give some more. And when God blesses you abundantly that you got too much, you take this, you need that. Be Oprah, you get a car, you get a car, you get some shoes, you get some underwear, you get a key. Just give it. Plug your hearts into being an active giver of your treasures. Let's pray. Dear God, would you please open up our hearts to reevaluate our finances, where they go, where we've been putting them, where we've been sowing them into. Let us decrease ourselves that you would get the glory. Let us put value back into your kingdom, back into sowing into your church, back to sowing into your community, back into sowing into the lives of others. Give us the resources to give. Let us not look at our paychecks as just another thing we can spend, but how we can spend it in a way that brings you back to full glory, that brings peace to our homes, that brings unity to the people within them, that draws your city, your church, your country, your nation, your world back to you through the resources you've entrusted us with. Make us faithful, faithful lovers that love to give. Not for the benefit, not for the blessing, because you are looking for a relationship that's above the pennies and the dimes and the dollars. In Jesus' name.